Hello, friends. How's it going? It's Matt. I'm back with another episode of the Looking Sideways Action Sports Podcast. It's the show where I try and cover the most fascinating stories in action sports and other related endeavours. Thanks for tuning in. Feels like it's been a while since I've used that line. Anyway, this week I welcome back my old friend Phil Young for his second appearance on the podcast. Third, really, if you count the Looking Sideways live show that he did early on in lockdown, making him the the most frequent guest on the show. So thanks for coming back on, Phil. So Phil's first appearance on the podcast quickly became one of the most popular episodes ever. Let's be honest, it's a pretty white space, the old Looking Sideways podcast, reflecting as it does the action sports and outdoor arena, which is also predominantly white. I don't think that's a controversial statement in the slightest. So I think for people to hear Phil outline his experiences as a person of colour in this world was very eye-opening as the number of messages I received after that episode and its popularity would testify. So we did that episode in November 2019 and since then obviously we are living in unusual slash unprecedented slash strange slash delete is applicable times and in the intervening months myself and Phil have kept talking while we are mates um, but sharing views and experiences on this topic particularly around a couple of relevant things. The first was an article he wrote for Empora around the beginning of 2020 I'm going to say in which he kind of expanded upon the things he talked about in our interview at great length and you know it was a really brilliant summary of what it means to be a person of colour in this world and why he felt lack of diversity was a real issue and something we should all be looking at inevitably that piece very reasonable even though it was attracted trolling comments of the racism doesn't exist type which was something we discussed and which phil did engage in the comments section something he you know obliquely refers to during our conversation to follow another occasion we started talking was when i posted a message on instagram is something that I do quite often from a listener who'd said that they felt we needed more trans and LGBT representation in the outdoor and action sports arena to me the most reasonable suggestion ever because clearly and very self-evidently we do need more trans and LGBT representation in that space I got a string of messages from an extremely irate listener he obviously a white male was hugely aggravated by this saying that in promoting these ideas, I was spreading dangerous ideas and the notion that minority groups were disadvantaged was a load of old nonsense because everybody was disadvantaged and if you work hard enough to be accepted, then you would make make it and you'd get somewhere. It's the old pull yourselves up by your bootstraps argument. Norman Tebbit gave it another spin in the 80s with get on your bike, you know, it's very elegantly demolished by Martin Luther King in a YouTube clip that you might have seen and which I urge you to seek out if you haven't. The point is, those two incidents revealed that there was much work to do and obviously since then the events of the last few weeks catalyzed by the George Floyd case have put this issue front and center like never before. So I gave Phil a shout to see if he was up for coming on the podcast and having a chat about this latest manifestation of the debate how he personally feels as it's all unfolded and his hopes for the future. I'll be back at the end, but in the meantime, here's me and Phil. Enjoy.
You want the beer? Just the Lidl's uh, special, uh, the Golden Goose. I don't mind that. It's Golden Goose. It's 4.5%. It's an afternoon beer. It's a little treat, isn't it? No, a little thinking bit. Yeah. Just loosen me up a little bit. <laughs> so how you doing? How's your week been? It's good. Well, uh, the week that, like everybody, all the weeks roll into one um, a little bit. I've been out on my bike. Bike's been a bit of a saviour for me the last week and a half. Obviously, with everything that's going on in America and in the UK, all over the world, in fact, Berlin, Amsterdam, Paris, um, Denmark, Copenhagen, everywhere is, is, is having these protests. I'm in Wales, in a small village in the, in the south of Wales. I'm fairly removed from it all. I've been removed from coronavirus and I've been removed from all the Black Lives Matter protests as well. So it is a little strange. It's It's been a, a, a tough one, I think, really to get my head around. I've been on social media probably more than I should be, just trying to keep up to speed with what's going on and in contact with various different people from walks of life to try and put this whole thing together. But going out on on my bike has, has been very useful. Um, it does help. Being outdoors anyway helps to clear the mind gives a sense of perspective that you don't get in the city and um, enable, enables you to see things from afar from a from a, from a distance and from a height I, I climbed up climbed up I cycled up at the the highest hill near me which is about 35 kilometers away from where I am and the hill where, where, where are you just quickly where I'm, in a, are you? I'm in a town I'm in a village called Southern Down which is in between Cardiff and Swansea is it near Port Talbot it's yeah it's not too far from Port Talbot it goes um, where I am it's Southern Down Ogmore Porthcawl Port Talbot Swansea oh yeah I, I know where you are actually and okay. so, so it's a tiny little village it's got a pub closed no other shops and just a, f- a few houses right. but it, but there's lots of lanes here so there's lots of great running done a lot of trail running got a mountain bike here so there's a few little mountain bike trails but it's great road cycling because it's a, the Vale of Glamorgan nice. so so there's short climbs uh sea uh routes tiny little lanes covered in uh canopies of trees and then if you if you head inland you head towards the Brecon Beacons right and uh, the closest hill I can't even pronounce it it's called Bach <laughs> yeah, like I've, d- a, I've like... done I've done a huge disservice for the, all the Spoke, Welsh speakers out there spoken like a native I yeah, know but it's 12 weeks <laughs> but it's I think it's probably about 350 metres vertical or something so not super high but it's probably from the bottom is about a 35 minute ride from the bottom of the of the incline there's lots of kind of ups and downs going towards it but from the climb is probably about 35 minutes although i did look on strava and and people do it in 19 minutes so i've no no idea how you gotta ignore them twats aren't you yeah And, and actually on the way back 
I got a kilometre, it's probably around a 65 round trip on the way back, about a kilometre from my house. So I snapped the real de rear derailleur, derailleur. Somehow, oh, no idea. Snapped in half. It's a new one. As right, well. right. Yeah, maybe something flew up and hit it. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. So, you... so getting out there has, has been, sorry, it's been, it's been useful to clear my head and try and get some, some perspective and some clarity on everything that's, yeah. that's going on. I've been the same with social media. I'm, I, I look at it too much anyway, like we all do. But even like this last couple of weeks is is it's gone to a new level of not being good for my mental health. Really, I think like because you because it is obviously a really good way of keeping up to date with things that are going on. But equally, it's a very easy way of filling your head with objectionable shit, isn't it? That that is is not good really. And I've I've particularly found the well you know what have we had we've had the great depression the spanish flu the worst presidency ever and now the 68 race riots like all all in one go there's a lot of things to um to get to find people wound up about them let's put it that way if you if you if you seek and um yeah it's i found it quite depressing the last few weeks just because i think you realise the extent at which hey, people have different opinions to you, and then when you realise how toxic those opinions are, it's just it's just very upsetting, isn't it? Really, I try not to follow too many people that that are going to give me those. And it's difficult because I like I like to see the spread of opinion, but at the same time, I don't want to get negativity thrown at me there's too much of it out there and and I so I try and avoid it as much as I can I try and I mean I follow different news feeds but when there's toxic individuals there that I just get rid of them there's no point there's no point and actually I had some had a conversation with someone you know Charlie Dark uh, two or three days ago he phoned me up just to have a chat because we've been communicating over social media and WhatsApp and everything. And I've got, or I have had um, a habit of going through, looking at a post, looking at some of the comments and then just replying to some of the comments. I, I think that's what I'm talking about. And that, that tendency, you know, and he said, he said, stop it. <laughs> He's, wise man charlie yeah pretty pretty much he, he he said and to be fair to him it was very very kind of him he, he said you're too you're too big for that he said if you've got something to say don't don't say it to some idiot in 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 tennessee in his bedroom cleaning his guns or masturbating <laughs> say it to the ceo of a company yeah he's right pick your battles right. yeah don't 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 start don't start trying to pat out the embers when the block's on fire yeah yeah you, you know choose choose your battles wisely um and, and and don't get distracted because i think that's one of the problems at the moment that's good that advice he is a smart man for 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 people of color well for everybody but i i think specifically for people of color is that this this time is critical for us because we've seen it all 
We've seen it all. We've had 400 years of this shit. And every time you, you, you protest and something happens and you think, right, this is it. End of slavery, great, we're here. No. Um, civil rights in the 60s, great. It's gonna change. We're gonna be like human beings. Nope. Barack Obama, surely black president, leader of the free world, the most powerful man in existence at that particular time, something's got to change. No. And this time you think, because it does feel different this time, it does feel different. And I think it's almost a perfect storm. You have coronavirus, you have, as you say, the worst president the world has ever seen, especially in this, well, definitely in this lifetime. And then, so everyone's, everyone's at home, everyone's looking at the same news all the time and everyone's seeing how fragile life can be and then all of a sudden they're seeing something streamed almost live onto every device they've got and people have gone shit this ain't that cool is it and they've got time to think about it and to try and process it and 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 it's made them angry it's made them angry and for the first time really we have a community of people who aren't black who are saying this has to stop and primarily I think it's, it's young people and I think there's a, it's a lot to do with uh, the, the way young people are now especially in cities are able to mix with each other people go to university with each other people play sports with each other people listen to the same kind of music it doesn't seem to be that issue with race that there has been in in the last like I say 400 years and people are saying no this time it's it's not going to happen and we're going to support you in in your fight in your struggle because that's been the problem is that we've we've always tried but there's been no one there to to have our back because people won't listen to us but they'll listen they'll listen to other white people yeah, I mean, it's important to say you're talking about white people, right? When you when you say when you say that this time feels different because essentially people feel more in, more asked. I nearly said engaged, but like you know, you know. So that that's the difference. That's the question. I, I, guess. I think so. Is think... that is that what's different? The fact that basically, for whatever reason, and I guess we'll end up talking about that this incident this 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 one as you say in the long line of of things that have that have sparked this debate historically for some reason seems to have finally given people reason to have a deeper understanding of the issue yeah for whatever reason that's going that's going to be different for every single person but for the and i'm not talking about the whole black community but i can speak i can speak for myself it feels now we've got other people at our side who who give a damn yeah, I think that, and I think for me, that's that's been the most interesting as a white person as well. It's been the most interesting thing to see, which is you could see that awakening in people um, to 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 concepts that, and this is probably my privilege showing, to be honest. But you know, I kind of assumed that concepts like white privilege and systemic racism were quite well known, and um, and you probably, you know. 
you're well more aware than I am of the fact that that's not the case. But that really blew me away because I, you know, I've got all these very liberal friends who online the last week who obviously mean well and would never cons- would consider themselves to be well informed have all been posting things like. I finally get it. I finally, I've just learned what white privilege means. I've just realized that we live in a systemically racist society. And I was blown away by that because I was a bit like, what, you didn't know that? Like how, but clearly that's the issue, isn't it? And clearly the fact that I assume people did know that is another manifestation of the same problem. Well, I I think, Matt, what, what, what you're doing is judging people by your own intelligence. Um, and 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 you're a smart person, and you're very worldly, and you're uh, and you're well read. But most people aren't. Most people aren't, and I I I can't blame them for that, because if they were anything, they had a if they went to a school like my own, and I went to a fairly good school. We were told nothing about Black history. We were told nothing about well, the, what we were told about the slave trade was they went over there and made sugar that was it yeah they made sugar well, uh, and that's even that the started co- where that's where it started and finished apart from when oh and great britain decided it wasn't very nice anymore so we stopped it that was the extent of the slave trade well and again the colston debate you know we're talking the day after the statue in bristol's been pulled down you know that was all that was on the radio yesterday it was all that was on the news that's probably the 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 biggest debate about british involvement in slavery ever what a great like, what know. a great symbol that was what a yeah. great symbol to 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 say no no more yeah but I, I guess my point on saying that wasn't to kind of you know tell people off for not knowing as much about it as i do it's more to demonstrate the fact that my assumption probably contributes in its own way and is another expression of the same thing because it's because i'm I'm assuming, do you know what I'm saying? It's like everyone's grappling with this thing, especially at the minute, if 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 you're white and you're trying to work out how you can be an ally or how you can be a better ally with this realisation that it's fucking way worse than you ever realised. Mm. And, you know, on whatever level that is. So I only bring that up to sort of demonstrate that even for somebody that considers himself to be quite well informed and would be considered pretty fucking woke you know like has also made lazy assumptions yeah. has also just has also just gone um surely everyone knows that and not really done anything to try and change it and I th- and i think that's been the most interesting thing so is 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 this dawning that you're seeing of people trying th- you know the the blinkers coming off d- d- so do you feel that's what like you say that's what feels different and are you hopeful that that actually will lead to some longer term change it it, it does it does feel different this time but that hope is very nervous hope it's very nervous hope because because you've got to understand that every time every 10 years or something when someone gets shot or there's a grenfell tower or I don't know some 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 riot. What what what? I don't know. Doug, you know when he was shot, and there was the and there was the Tottenham riots a few years back, and you think, okay, this time something something's going to change, and and you hope and hope, and then nothing not nothing happens. This time feels different. So any kind of 
optimism and hope that I have is kind of ring fence somehow because I'm scared that someone's just going to whip the rug from underneath me and then we're going to fall flat on our face again. So it's, like I said, I'm still trying to understand and I don't want to get my hopes up too much because it, I've, that's happened too many times. It's happened too many times. So what we're trying to do as as a community and I've been very busy over the last few weeks, last few days rather, is just everyone's reaching out to each other, the black community. I'm specifically talking about my work in, in outdoor diversity, that I'm finding all these people that I didn't know existed, that people are sharing. Do you know about this person? Do you know about this person? Hey, there's a guy up in Yorkshire you should contact. So we're trying to build a community and then we're going to go out and say, look at us, we are here. And that same thing is happening in in business, in in, in the ad world, in politics, um, in, in 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 all in all in all sorts of different different lines of education, and and people are trying to mobilise themselves to say like let's let's not mess it up this time. Let's see if we can come in strength and make a game plan. So there's an awful lot of that going on, but it's 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 difficult because if it's just us it won't it won't happen it needs to have our white friends in power to have our backs and to want to make the change as well i've well you you used a phrase when we were chatting on the phone earlier which which was really striking you said i feel like i'm allowed to talk about it now absolutely i mean there's and i i was so taken aback by that because again that's just something i had no idea was a consideration really which sound, and you know it sounds even saying that just sounds insane for me to to say that but you know like when you put it like that somebody like yourself who um isn't shy about speaking out about things that he believes in and and opinions that he's got you know like it it, it really does bring it home how i can't even think of the words to, to articulate it, but like how deep rooted it is and how how much of a how long there is how much work there is to do really I mean, it's, for, for it, it's very to change that it's very easy for someone in in business to call you out as an angry black man or an angry black woman and just dismiss you oh oh you don't oh, let's not get him in all he's going to do is talk about his his race stuff or his diversity stuff you know it's just going to be banging on about that all day without knowing that there is an actual issue there a lot of people just don't want to hear it. Now I feel they have no option but to hear it because no one can really call you out about it now. No one can say, oh, stop, stop talking about your injustices, Phil. You know, I don't want to hear them. Which two weeks ago, you could get away with saying. You could say, oh no, yeah, we're, we're busy at the moment. Yeah, oh, yeah, we understand it's an issue and um, yeah, we're, work we're working on something. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be back to you. And I've I've had those conversations, especially with the outside outdoors world, an awful lot. I've sent out emails. I've had conversations with people. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, it's different in Europe. Uh, yeah, the Americans are doing it, and I think we'll get round to it at some stage. Oh yeah, we we understand it's an issue. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll drop you a line. People can't people can't say that now. I, I can turn around to them and say, okay, what's your policy? What are you going to do? Why have you got no uh, people of colour 
as athletes? Why is there no people of colour in uh, on your board or even in your senior management? Why, if I look on your Instagram account, is there no one other than white people at all? And they have to do, they can't just ignore that now because people are holding them to account. And there's a nervousness about it, I think, from their end. There's, there's some brands, and if you look around, have done nothing, they have no posts, nothing at all. Some have taken them all off. Some have taken all their, all their images off their Instagram account and just put one or two pictures saying, we're sorry, or we're gonna do better. Others have done- ne Nervousness done as in pe people, sorry to interrupt you, I'm just nervousness about doing the wrong thing, handling it badly. Nervousness about the fact that they haven't done anything at all right and they're like oh shit we've just ignored this we've known about it because unless they're stupid they know it's happening right? they know it's there so what are they doing they but a lot it? of people a lot of or, a lot of people what? i mean that you know let's be honest though our societies are built upon cognitive dissonance. You know, our societies are built upon pretending it's not real. From, and you can go, you know, if you want to get down to it, you, you know, you said earlier, 400 years worth of, uh, of history, you know, the, the States, the UK, the, our wealth and culture is built upon slavery and subjugation and mm -hmm. colonialism. And that is that is just true you know yes. like that is that, that that that's not that's not up for debate but for people to have got that just accept that and to be a beneficiary of that has required mass acts of cognitive dissonance from societies like to to basically just just ignore that and you know that that is that's doesn't mean they that, don't know it's there matt they know they know it's there because they can see it around them so I, of course, I, I so I'm not. I'm not saying they don't know it's there, but I think it's so. It's such a, a habit. It's such a cultural habit to, to, you know, you could say it's disingenuousness. I actually believe for a lot of people, they, you know, they genuinely believe the shit they're talking. But, you know, my point is that that that, that is that is the challenge, isn't it? To 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 actually, un overturn that the extent of that you know to say like it is real it did happen and acknowledging that is not a weakness it's not um and and it will just basically from on a lot of levels help to that you know that's the change that's needed but that's to, but that's what i mean when i when i say that they're you know they're running around nervous is because they have known it's there as, as you say they've, they've stuck their head in the sand about it and now they're kind of having to call themselves out a bit on it and go oh shit we've done nothing what do we do and how do we do it and how do how do we how do we own up to the fact that we've ignored it and i think that's the challenge for a lot of a lot of companies out there is that they don't they don't really know where to start I don't really know. Well, it's, it's a challenge for, I think you could broaden it. It's a challenge for almost every white person right now who who doesn't, 
like every well-meaning white person i mean you know who wants to do the right thing but is petrified about doing the wrong thing doesn't know where to start doesn't have the the history um and doesn't know how to be an ally or like to to try and to try and make a change but then yeah then on the on the converse side you've got i yeah obviously you've got people whose interests it isn't in their interest to change this situation as well well <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about racists right there. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there's, there's there's that end of it, but also there is this, you know, this phrase that's been bandied around a lot this last week is systemic racism, isn't it? Yeah, you know, this, yeah. This, this idea that the system is basically... Um, stack, stacked this, against this, them. Stacked this against tru- this. The, I'm not even going to say idea, this truth that, um, that, that the entire system has been established for white people to benefit over minorities like that that is like that is that is the situation that so i think persuading a lot of ordinary people that that is true and that is 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 a huge challenge isn't it that and 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 is and is where it's insidious and less and and more subtle than over racist you know who who are just yeah like, okay about. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay well I, i'll give you that but you'd, you'd think that the majority of the people will want to make it want to make a change uh, yeah the, and the, i believe the, I, I i believe a lot of people do yeah and i believe like you say like you say i think a lot of them lack the tools don't they to... yeah so so the question to my mind is if you, if you if you want to make the change and you've known it's there you know why why start today why didn't you start yesterday in fact i don't even want to know i don't even want to know why they didn't start yesterday you know there was i, I sent an email to it wasn't an email, it was a LinkedIn post. And there's been there's been so many of these by brands saying, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you know, it's like yeah. black squares or, you know, hands up, we've done it wrong and from today we're gonna do X, Y, and Z. And there was a there was a, a CEO of one of the big companies that put one uh, put a post up on LinkedIn. I was like, Okay, why why from today? You're 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 a company a business that owns several big companies that we all know. It's, a, it's one of the big ones. And it's a CEO. It's like, from today, we're going to do this. Okay, why not from yesterday? Why didn't you do this yesterday? Because that says to me, you know it's there, but you've just not bothered about it. And that it's only now that there's a commercial concern that you feel the need to change your policies and the way you talk to and address a different community. And what does that actually say about you and your brand? Yeah. Didn't get well, an answer. <laughs> I'm surprised. Well, and, 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 you know, it's the same with political opportunism, isn't it? Like, you know, there's, and, and I guess that's the other thing that I was kind of getting at when I said, this this scale of like you know racist at one end and whatever like th- th- this middle ground this this opportunity whether we've, whether it's people being opportunistic like that you know fucking Boris Johnson today like yesterday whatever it was going doing his thing in the voice and like you know that but like and the shamelessness of that is 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 entirely the conversation isn't it but like that so how so I guess I guess what I would ask is how how can you where do you find trust in this conversation then like you know with all this different these different reactions whether you've got you know as we've said 
out and out racists, whatever, like well-meaning people who don't know where to start, opportunists who are just doing it because they think it's what they need to do, you know, like, and, and, and you've already mentioned quite early on that like the, the trust issue about like believing that this change is real is the biggest issue for you personally and presumably for, for a lot of people. So what, what, what do you think is going to, is is gonna is gonna give that trust to to actually to actually make this this longer term change just act just literally action just action seeing. action speaks you know that I I've I've had a lot of conversations with myself about this whole black was it blackout Tuesday type thing which is a very easy thing for anybody to do and you know I, I celebrate the fact that people will stand shoulder to shoulder with us and you know put a fist in the air and say black lives matter or, or whatever but i don't want them to go back posting their cat pictures tomorrow if you know the genuine people by people who are actually putting those words into actions and there are people that there are there are there are individuals that say, right, from now on, this is what I'm going to do. That from my son's school sent an email around and said, right, our syllabus now is changing from as soon as we're back at school, history lessons will include X, Y, and Z. There are brands that are saying we are giving money and we are setting this thing up. We are going to, we are going to do this. So I think now is the time for people to be brave, for people to think about what they're able to achieve and to actually follow through with that. And to and, and to and to follow through with people by their sides. To you know, to make sure they get it to get it right. And I know that there's been a lot of people that I've um spoken to that have said um I've got all these white friends phoning me up, telling me what, how can they do it? And it's not up to me to, and I'm like, well, dude, you know, it should be up to you. You know, this is our chance. These are these people who are asking us. We can't do it all, but we can definitely help them. And we should be able to help them and we should be able to steer them. Otherwise, who knows where it'll end up? So I don't, I don't buy this. It's, it's not up to us to tell you what to do but it's up it's it's up to us to to help you find those things and to guide you because it's not going to be easy and and yeah i know it's it's tiring it's draining emotionally it's very very difficult but i think if we want to get it right we have to you have to be able to hold your hand through it and to guide you because we've all been in situations where really good intentions end up like bullshit whether that be through sports or fashion or music or advertising or whatever someone says oh yeah we're going to do this it's going to be fantastic this community are going to love it and then they bring it out spend a lot of money and everyone looks at it and goes what's this shit so i don't want that to happen i don't want i don't want businesses to say right we're going to get you know the first the first man of african descent that comes in, we're gonna we're gonna promote him straight away. You know, it's not the answer. It's like how there needs to be some thinking behind it. You know, can we can we go to those schools? How do we recruit people for a start? 
who are those who are those companies who who are the brands or companies going to to get their staff how are they getting them they should demand that they get applicants from a broader spectrum of uh, society they should be going out looking in places that you wouldn't normally go to not necessarily the the the, the greatest colleges or the greatest schools because some of the kids can't afford to get to those colleges or universities or they they haven't got the money to even go to university it doesn't mean that they're not very very smart so people have to look a little bit harder and i think we just have to change the whole eurocentric vision of this country and embrace where we've where we've all come from and the horrors that we've that we've committed in making yeah. great 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 britain yeah i mean that that is i mean that you know that's essentially the the key debate in our country that i don't want to use the b word but brexit is very tied up with that isn't it you know it's it's a, it's a last gasp of british imperialism in a lot of ways you know it's 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 basically the last stand of british exceptionalism isn't it you know we used to be great like we used to, but the, that greatness was was very the inverted commas greatness was was very wrapped up in this history that, like we say, doesn't ever get spoken about. Well, this is and, where the systemic racism comes from is 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 this hangover from from empire, from Im- imperialism and colonialism, and you know if if you're if you're a person of color, you were from the colonies, and therefore you're not as good as us. What was it? Who who is it? Uh, Kipling called it. Um, what did he? What did he say? The the white man's burden. The white man's burden. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, do, do, uh, man, there's some. I literally just watched something online before we started talking. It was Nick Ferrari, LBC, um, right wing tool, um, and Afua her. She's uh she's a black commentator, British black commentator, left wing, and she's on the show they're talking about the colston statue nick ferrari said to her if you don't like if there's so much stuff about this country that you don't like why why don't you leave and she was obviously like are you serious i'm british and you know i was when i when i saw it i was a bit like well you know you're you're an you you were a big proponent of brexit so you're anti-european union but no one says to you as a white person, if you don't like the European Union, why don't you leave the country? <laughs> you know, like they say, great, well, you can have, bre-, you know, like it's so, so even, and, and that, like, that is on television. You know, that is, that is, that is a pundit saying that as if that, she's a British woman. You know, that is somebody saying that as if that's acceptable. I mean, to, and to, from, from, from my story, Matt, if people have said that to me before and it's really puzzled me. Because where are you going to go? Where do I go? <laughs> where do I? Where is where is home? And this is a conversation I was having with someone uh, just the other day. You know, I how do I put this? I I sometimes struggle to feel British. I really do. I was born in Britain, born in Enfield. I've lived here all my life. But I've never been accepted. I've never been accepted. I've got a British passport. I've never lived anywhere else in the world for more than a year. 
I was in Australia when I was 19 or 20 like that. I've got no sense of where where I'm from. And we spoke before, you know, I'm the descendant of a slave somewhere that was carried from West Africa 400 years ago. So I don't know really what country I came from, what language is my my kind of cultural language. I don't know what the flag is. I don't know where where I was shipped from or where I went to. I ended up in, I was ended up born in the UK and throughout my life, people have pretty much said throughout media that you're not what a British person looks like. You're not British. You look put on a lineup, you're not British. Where am, where am I from? I've got no identity. I call myself a Londoner. It's the closest I can get to it. But I struggle. I struggle to call myself British and kind of wave the flag as much as I would like to. Do you know what I mean? I love this country. And, and, I, and I, I'm down in Wales and I go hiking in Scotland and I go surfing, not very often, but down in, down in Cornwall. I go cycling in Kent. But it's difficult to, to, to fully believe that I belong here because I'm not welcome. I'm not welcome because I don't see me or people who look like me represented outside, quote unquote, urban. That's, that's where I fit. I fit as I'm an urban person. You know, and everything that comes with that. You say the word urban, people think, oh, it's a black person. Do you know what I mean? So until as a country, as a nation, we can start saying, okay, this is how black people have contributed to this country. Whether it be the art, the poetry, the film, the manufacture, the nurses, the doctors, the bus drivers, the builders, etc., etc. Until people can say, look, you are part of this country. It's difficult for me to say I am. No one teaches you that there was a Roman settlement here 2000 years ago in, in the UK. Blacks, black Romans, Roman Empire settlement 2000 years ago. No one tells you that there were black people in the Tudor times. No one tells you that black people fought in the First World War, the West Indian Regiment. No one tells you that uh, people of colour, BAME, like thousands fought in the Second World War. You don't see that on VE Day or D-Day. You don't see any pictures of black people there not celebrated, not even recognised. If you look at, if, if you talk to paleontologists, they will, they will say that Cheddar Man, the first remains of anyone found in this country 10,000 years ago was a black man. No one tells you any of that. And our history has not been told throughout the UK and because of that we don't feel we belong either 
we want to belong but we're we're upset and we are angry about it and people say oh why are these why are black people so angry at marching and shouting and screaming and smashing windows in in london and in bristol and in liverpool and in nottingham and in cardiff and it's like because because you won't listen because you won't listen because you you arrest us we 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 are killed in police custody we overrepresent in in prison we underrepresent in so many sectors of of work we can't get into the we can't get into the boardroom you know we have to work double as hard triple as hard to get where our white counterparts get because we have to break through all those barriers and until we're allowed to to play on a on a, on a living level playing field until we're allowed to feel part of this country it's very difficult for me anyway to feel 100% British even though that's what I am I'm a British man you know and I'm when people say where do you come from and I say I say London around the world they go yeah oh cool and I go yeah it's really cool it's probably the best city in the world most multicultural city in the world and in London we've got you know what 43% BAME community almost half of London is non-white British so it's a success in that respect but it's a failure in so many other ways in so many other ways so until people start recognising our contribution and treating us as though we are equals that's what we're asking for when people say oh why do you say black life matters all life matters yeah that's true but ours actually just matter well i was going to say that you know you said people ignore ignore it but it's even worse isn't it because people deny it as lived experience you know that that's that's the truth of it and that's that's emblematic of things like all lives matter i mean you know even something like the story that you wrote for empora which was for me like the most reasonable summary of an unarguable situation based upon your own lived experience and even that garnered comments like on their instagram and their and their social from from people just denying it was even a thing you know like when when the lake district thing came out which we talked about the diversity report or whatever it was you know that was again people on the radio going that's not an issue. The outdoors is open for everybody. Like, this is, you know, like that. And I, so I, I guess my point is until people have been educated enough or learned enough to, to actually accept that lived experience is real and true, let alone just ignore it, that, that, that's going to be the challenge, isn't what, it? What really, what really upsets me, Matt, is that you have a conversation with someone and you try and tell them the, some of the issues and some of the struggles and say well actually maybe the way you're doing things isn't helpful you know some of the things you say or some of the actions that you're doing aren't necessarily helpful and and you say and they say well i'm not racist i'm like I'm not, I'm not saying you're racist i'm just saying that maybe there's a different way that you can think about these things to make people who live 
who have different life experiences to you, make them feel welcome. You know, we're not asking for a lot, we're just like, make them feel welcome, you know, because they're not, everyone's not exactly the same as you. So maybe make them feel welcome. We make you feel welcome all the time. We're forever changing how we talk, code switching, right? How, how we interact with other people because it's not how we would necessarily act away from you. So we're, we're trying to make you, we're trying to make people comfortable all the time. So we're not asking for a lot. We're just saying, you know, try and give us a smile. <laughs> give us, give us a smile. Don't, don't look at us as though we're going to steal something. You know, don't, don't make jokes about the food we might want to eat or the music that you might want to play or follow us around the shop because we're probably not going to steal anything. Do you know what I mean? I, I, you know, I, I'm in this corner shop. I can buy the topic. All right? it's, 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 I'm not going to steal anything from the shop. Don't get nervous. Show your age there, Phil. Right, topic. exactly. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hazelnut in every bite, man. <laughs> but you, 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 bring these, you bring these questions, you bring these arguments up and they get more offended, more offended by the fact that you're questioning them than they do about the fact that racism exists itself. Well, yeah, of course. And that's another consequence of this, as I described it, mass cognitive dissonance, isn't it? That, 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 that people are engaged in to, uh, to not deal with it. So a question then, you know, you said that, you know, one of the things that has been a, a theme this last week has been, you know, it's not our place to educate you as you, as you addressed earlier, but you said that you personally didn't particularly adhere to that. So if you don't mind me asking this question, because I imagine knowing my audience, there's a lot of people listening to this who are quite horrified by some of the things you've said in, insofar as they would have had no idea, you know, like of, of the reality of, of, being a black person and you know how how it feels to be othered in that way let's say yeah yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, and and i personally feel it is positive but it's the beginning of a very very long process isn't it because you know yeah there's been there's been a conversation like we said there is a conversation around slavery in britain for example which is great you know it's great that that's being debated on the radio all this stuff is good it's out in the open but it's a lot you know to actually get to the point where there's going to be real change is a long road. And it's going to take people who want to be allies and want to help and want to do the right thing. So what what would you say is, I'm not saying like tell people what they need to do, but what what do you think would help this? What do you think? Well, I, I think is, first and foremost is, is, is understanding the history is I think the most important thing. Because I think if you understand the history of black people, you'll be absolutely horrified. I mean, you can't help be, and you know, unless, unless you're some cold, callous person with, with no heart and, and no empathy, you'll, you'll be horrified. And then, well, even like, look like slavery, you know, if you just take that word, which is a, it's a simple word, you actually like, look at the reality of what that was. People, people, people stripped from their houses, stripped from their children, their parents, their partners, 
put in chains, put on a ship, and put on a ship with people who spoke different languages, right? So you've got to remember that, that it was all by design. So they would get people from different tribes who spoke different languages and different cultures and put them all together on a ship. So none of them could communicate with each other. And how long's that in a in a boat 400 years ago going from West Africa to the Caribbean or to, you know, the southern states of America? I mean, it's got to be months, right? So you could imagine... You, and you, you, you've seen you've seen those drawings uh, that they're they're lying down close to each other in the dark with probably very little to eat with people dying around you you know that, that anger turns to fear turns to dejection turns to just exception that this is going to happen and, and, and then taken off those that survived taken off the boat to go and work for whoever some slave master um to create to work on the sh on the sugar farms or cotton tobacco coffee no days off probably having to having to fulfill quotas every day because this was an organized organized business having to fulfill quotas if you're not fulfilling quotas getting whipped if you try and escape getting manacled having things put around your neck having weights tied around you being bred so finding a, a strong man making them have uh, sex with a woman so that they can have another child, so that there can be more for the business. This is breeding, so that the company can have more stock. Trading those people to the highest bidder, that child becomes in servitude to the master, to the slave master. So it's not like a child can then go off and skip around the fields or something. They become a slave as well. Uh, and then if and the the woman would be regularly raped. And that was acceptable. Not only was it acceptable, it was business. Well, it was the basis of, of the West's economy. British for, Empire. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's how we got our money. And, and well, so if you try I... and understand that and, and then follow that through to present day, because uh, we still carry that baggage with us. Well, you've not even mentioned the cultural, you know, obviously you've, you've described the physical reality, but... Let, let's be frank as well like th there's a mass cultural brainwashing really for for white people to be able to accept that they could do that by othering black people you know by basically saying they're in they're, they're subhuman and you know that is at the roots of the discourse to this day you know that is that that, that like you know you why like you said earlier why are these black people protesting you know like why it 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 has its roots culturally a long way back, doesn't it? Well, race, you know? racism didn't didn't exist really before before then. It's a fairly modern thing. It was, you know, it was, it was an ideolo ideological justification for yeah, a system to, of, to, to of, say of, that of... these people are subhuman. Therefore, it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's okay, okay to fine. do it. We're allowed. We're allowed to do this, yeah. and we're allowed to make money from this because they're because they're subhuman. Obviously, that's a way more succinct way of. Point what I'm getting at. So yeah, 
Um, and that that all happens. So, 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 so understanding that first of all gives context, gives context, and and the fact that you know. We, we, Black people got the vote in in, in America, and what sixty five or something like that. I don't know. I don't don't know the date so well, but it's fairly recently, you know. And 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 prior to that, not that much further back, on census, you still had a box to tick for slave. You know, is are you a are you black? Are you mulatto? Are you slave? Are you Negro? You know, we're not going that far we're not going that far back however and here's here's the massive irony of all of this right is at the same time the culture the black culture that that grew from there the the music for example is is worldwide we'll we'll, we'll take that bit we'll we'll have that bit yeah Yeah. we'll take that bit (laughs) thanks so much yeah the blues the jazz the rock and roll the hip-hop the drum and bass the soul music yeah, yeah, Motown. Yeah, we'll take that as well. That was good, and if and we'll make money from it. We'll make money from that. Yeah, we'll have a, we'll have record labels that are owned exclusively by 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 white people, and you won't really get paid that much, you know. But so the irony is that that doing you know this whole you know oppression of black people has actually created something that's incredibly beautiful. You know, the, some of the some of the greatest blues and jazz music was created off the back of decades and centuries of hum, uh, inhumane abuse, and that's what the blues comes from. It's like shit. This is bad, but Johnny around the corner's got it a lot worse. You know, it's and 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 it, we've we've created we've created fashion from it. You know, sneaker this, the whole sneaker thing you know the black people have taken and created it you know nike and adidas were running shoes and basketball shoes they're making all their money on streetwear right now it's a black thing you know so so people are happy to take the good things but want to forget about the bad things but they all play into each other so i think the most important thing is to understand our story and to see how how you as an individual fit into that somehow how you've benefited from it and how we are part of your story because we are all part of each other's story it's where 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 you fit in so i think understanding that to give it context is a very good start is a very good start and there's plenty i mean the internet's awash with information so you can get it i I think uh, uh, there's a great documentary that's currently on netflix called the 13th i'm sure you've seen it yeah 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 uh yeah i mean you know 12 years a slave 12 years slave, great movie you know and all of that they're probably toning that shit down you know yeah and and i think the other thing that's important to say is like people should also call out the you know the the, ins, the insidious examples of this and, and and the things that can seem benign as well you know, I think that's I think that's also important. A lot, like, of, a lot of stuff gets thrown out there as as just oh, he's only joking. Yeah, yeah and 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 that's where you can't have that. Uh, no, you can't have it, and you and you need to you need to stand up to that. You know, you need to 
you need to basically that that that's the gap i think that's that allows this to flourish you know that and 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 i think that probably speaks to the the trust issue doesn't it and 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 the point you made earlier about basically feeling like people don't have your back because they're not closing that gap you know they're not they're not calling this stuff out and you know and it, and and that's an everyday life's work right I, there isn't it i don't think you can let people get away with stuff anymore and and i i this is what i would urge actually more than anything else is if you're if your friends if your partner if your children if your boss if the person down the pub or in the street or just a random that's on the an internet post is a racist or saying racist comments or saying things that they really know they shouldn't do it even if it's just fun you have to you have to call them out on it and you have to say that's not acceptable that is not acceptable and we've all got friends who who can be a little bit racist to someone or other whether it be to Asians to um to white people to to black people to to whatever to eastern europeans it's not acceptable yeah it I, but i would also go further and say again you also got to call out the things that are less obvious and so i had a conversation with some friends a couple of years ago where they asked me what was wrong with blackface and um and we were in the pub and i was like wow they're serious now these these are like liberal friends you know who would never for a moment consider that they had a racist bone in their bodies so they said that and i said you actually want me to explain okay uh well and whatever you know kind of explained how it's linked to minstrelry and slavery and blah 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 and they were they didn't buy it basically you know they were like so that's why people get annoyed when white people these days dress up in fancy dress uh, in blackface. And I was like, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> and they're like, well, I just don't see the problem. Um, now I got quite annoyed about that. Um, and we ended up not having an argument, but I just fairly quite forcefully told them what I thought about that, which is that I thought that was, um, and also said, well, that's white privilege, essentially, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're in the comfortable position where you can disregard that and and just think it's silly because it's never affected you in your life and that's pretty much as good a definition of white privilege as you're ever going to get and then they didn't really buy that either you know they were like and clearly they'd never heard of white privilege and then the the idea that that was a thing that had benefited them they didn't really like the sound of either i'm not doing this to try and stitch my friends up i'm just using it as an example to say that is the thing that needs challenging because that is the stuff that's and it's not even challenging it's just that's where you can help educate people and because again those things are real you know you don't you don't really get to in my view have an opinion on that really you know you don't like the, the, for me the concept of white privilege is inarguable you know you like it's like the concept of racism is inarguable you don't you, you and like so it's when you see people say things like well all lives matter i'm always a bit like yeah you, you're displaying your ignorance in one sense but in another sense you're you're displaying your ignorance because you think people haven't 
talked about this for fucking years you know like the, the, there's a debate and a discourse that exists and you know as a white person for you to just decide you're gonna deign to throw the wisdom your wisdom at this topic which you know it's it, it's stuff like that it's like it's like my friends going like well white privilege that sounds like bollocks it's like i don't think you actually get to say that because this is a thing that is real has been has affected people to to a degree that you clearly can't comprehend your duty at that point is just to understand it it's not it's not to tell people that it's wrong and that tendency for me is is the thing that actually causes a lot of hidden and unseen damage because yeah, but, that, but that, it's that, ignorance that, matt it's, it, it's it's ignorance that's that's the thing it's you, ignorance but it's but it's but it's by people who don't think they're ignorant and that's a very dangerous thing isn't yeah. it you know well we, we've, and, we've all we've all seen that recently on on social media haven't we people that we we, we thought would have a better understanding of the issue have really shown their colours, I think, of not understanding what what they've said and why what they've said is so bad. And I, you know, we're not going to name names, but there's there's people in the in the snowboard profession, let's say, who 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 have said some fairly shocking things this week that yeah. that I've thought, wow. And you and, and yeah. you think that that people in in this outdoor industry who on the face of it is this free self expression free uh, free form community where where people just go out and love and have joy in the natural environment you feel they that they're all kind of on on the same wavelength but it's become fairly apparent that there's some people who in my opinion are on different planets yeah i mean that 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 is that thing you're talking about is I mean, it's Nicholas Muller. I don't. I don't mind saying it. Like, well, I was. I was. Well, I was. Is, I was thinking of someone else actually. Um, who are you thinking of? Tara. Oh, Tara Dakidas. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Tara Dakidas was was very over. I mean, these these and again, these are just. I think they're two really good examples because. So she was just obviously again like very ignorant and had clearly never really given it much thought and just spouted out a load of you know media led waffle really um and and got pretty comprehensively called out as well which is good to see you know there's a lot of lot of big big names weighing in and and calling her out um in the case of nicholas he's basically been posting some pretty punchy conspiracy theory stuff which is essentially anti-semitic you know like and and it is and now clearly he doesn't realize that it, and he has been called out on it, and yeah. he's a bit like, yeah. and, and and he's a bit like, no, that's I'm not. How can you possibly call me racist or whatever? Um, I just think that sort of stuff's like a really interesting test of leadership, isn't it, for the industry? Because if 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 brands are serious about th what they've been posting, it it sort of starts there, doesn't it? You know, it starts 
it starts with with well how do you respond to this stuff because again it's often defended by freedom of speech but if you're being racist then you're being racist like it's not it's, not, it's no longer a freedom of speech argument it's you know so yeah i think it's i think but these things being debated and being talked about are good things are, are good, good things. things yeah and 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 it and it needs to there will be some casualties along the way i mean that's that's inevitable and there's going to be some tears and it's going to be a struggle and we're going to get setbacks but as as we said throughout the journey of this conversation is that we need people we need allies we need people who have got a platform to speak out about it and we need people to have our backs and we need people to 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 raise the subject at the appropriate moments there's a there's a, a great example i think uh i think it was um was it rihanna maybe um for a, a reebok shoe that they were going to do and she and she right. went and and she went in and um uh, looked around the table. They had the discussion, fairly high-level discussion, as you can imagine. Right. And she, and she said, uh, "Right, yeah, Rihanna's in everyone." <laughs> so, <laughs> and um, she looked around the, the the table and said, "Right, is is this the team that is going to be working on this project?" And they said, "Yeah, yeah, this is this is a team." And she stood up, walked out the door, and uh, as she. As she turned, as she was walking out the door, she turned around and said, "I see none of my people here, so why should why should I bother working with you?" And then just left, you know, just clo- closed it down. And I think that's that's important. If you're gonna, <laughs> hey, here's the thing, right? A di- having people from having a diverse group will give you diverse ideas, right? If you've got one group of people, you're going to have one type of idea. If you've got, you've got people from all different walks of life, you're going to have loads of different ideas. Some of the ideas you'll never think of. And surely that's got to be, that's got to be better. That's got to be better, especially in business. It'll probably earn you more money. It's going to probably sell you to a market that you've never even thought about before. It's going to probably open up lines of discussion that would never, never have come to the table. So, diversify your workforce and if you've got the opportunity if you're if you're working at a position where you can make those kind of decisions make the decisions and if and if and if you're not at that level tell the person above you make the decision you know why is this why is this all why why are we not seeing brothers and sisters asian black brown latinos it doesn't stop there. It's, it's you know it's like different genders as well. Yeah, I, I I personally don't really understand it. Why people are so anti it? Whether it's because because they're afraid, because they don't know how to deal with that, or whether it's just because they're comfortable and they don't want to get uncomfortable. Just stick with what we what we know because that's going to be an easy life. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I, there's, there's, there's people who are a lot more qualified than myself to have those kind of answers. But, you know, 
support means support. It doesn't mean a Martin Luther King quote on your Instagram. So there you go. That was me and Phil Young on Allyship and I hope you enjoyed it. I guess the main thing I've taken from this last few weeks is, like I said at the beginning, how much work there is to do to actually enact the long-term change that Phil isn't allowing himself to believe is possible. And I think that was kind of what I was driving at through the whole episode and what I'm going to be getting at in this very extended housekeeping corner. Um, You know, the point I was clunkily trying to make at the beginning of mine and Phil's conversation when I said that I was amazed to hear people didn't know what white privilege or systemic racism was or is, I wasn't making that point to prove that I'm cleverer or more woke than everyone else. It was just to show that in its own way, that is a form of privilege because it's another lazy assumption on my part that helps perpetuate uh, this toxic status quo. You know, well, everyone knows about that. Therefore, you know, I don't need to really push it. And I think that's also the tendency that was going on in that conversation I had with my friends about blackface that I referred to. You know, on that occasion, I actually backed down because I didn't want to ruin the night. And as a person of privilege, I get to do that. Whereas Phil, as he made clear, doesn't get to do that. He doesn't get to walk away from it. And, you know, it was it was a tendency that I noticed even when I came to put this episode out, because when I thought back, I was like, what if my friends are going to be offended by that? You know, what if they're going to listen to it and they're going to say, God, that was us. And, you know, what? But that is also the point. You know, like that concept is a concept called white fragility. I'll save that for another night in the pub, everyone. I bet you can't wait. And, you know, it is this tendency of like when whenever anybody gets challenged on these notions that they might even be perpetuating this system of systemic racism, they just can't handle it. And they, you know, it's better not to talk about it because it might cause conflict that's another way this thing spreads and it's why I've left that in and why I wanted to explain why I had my own doubts at the time and and now because that's it in action and it's important to challenge that personally as well as when you see it in other people. So like I say, my main takeaways personally over the last few weeks have been that I'll continue to try and educate myself and I'll continue to try and affect you know, change. And I can do that by the guests that I choose, by the conversations that I seek to have and by the challenges that I make on myself and on others. You know, another phrase that's been doing the rounds this week has been, it's not enough to be racist. You need to be anti-racist. And to me, being anti-racist means doing that work outwardly. Yeah. Educate yourself and others when you can, but also inwardly try and identify when you're doing these things and try and close that sort of gap in yourself and in others that allows this inequality to continue to flourish. I mean, you know, I've had conversations with friends of mine over the last few weeks who are wary of saying anything because they're worried about saying the wrong thing. And you can also see it in the deafening silence from some brands and people of influence on this issue. You know, and that, like I keep saying, I don't want to overstate it. That to me is the gap where this flourishes. And it can be challenging to find the right words. As I've said, I struggled very evidently at various points in this episode but I did leave them in because the point is to try the point is to try and be an ally and if you can't work out how to be an effective ally then do the work so that you can understand all of which brings me a little too neatly I would say to the Nicholas Muller story that is currently 
unfolding like a slow motion car crash. I mean, you couldn't really invent a better story through which to explore the many themes and issues that we're grappling with in 2020. You know, from from this whole diversity debate, from safeguarding athletes to the role of the media and you know what you should do when somebody's undergoing a period of obvious vulnerability there are many many layers to this now the first thing to say i mean i think there's quite clearly a safeguarding issue to consider here about nicholas and his mental health that is speculation obviously might not be welcome speculation um to some but i do think it's something that's worth considering but the lack of messaging or communication coming from anybody at this point and I do get that this must be hugely difficult for everybody who knows and loves Nicholas right now that just leaves a lot of room for opinion and conjecture so before we get to my contribution to that part of the debate i.e my opinion let's look at the facts on this as they stand which is this Nicholas has been posting hugely problematic content on his social media over the last few weeks some of it anti-semitic and a lot of it with its roots in a lot of far-right conspiracy theories really now i know nicholas hates that phrase um that's not a debate for this particular part of the what i'm going to say but i think the fact of the matter is he he has been sharing some things which are very very questionable um he suggested that the intent behind black lives matter is to start a race war he shared widely debunked theories about George Soros being an SS officer during World, World War II, an idea that is A, just untrue and has been widely debunked, and B, is the latest manifestation of an age-old anti-Semitic trope that has long been a classic of the far-right playbook. Um, similar views were espoused by those behind the Pittsburgh and Christchurch shootings, for example. That should let you know why this is very problematic now you might agree with those views and clearly plenty of people do as the instagram messages that i've received and a quick glance at the comment sections of 32 nixon and oakley are gonna let you know um i'm gonna be generous and say that some people perhaps don't understand the the roots of a lot of this and are still kind of persevering in this idea that he's a true you know fearless truth seeker in the age of the mainstream media i mean whatever really the fact that the matter is what i've just said is is kind of the case you know for that this this stuff is well known what the associations of these theories are um, i mean my own view on conspiracy theories generally if anyone gives a fuck are that i agree with a friend of mine basically who says they're just basically another form of privilege they're an excuse for privileged people to um un, you know what's the word indulge in very unrigorous thinking unrigorous thinking and avoid dealing with the actual very real issues we've got in the world right now now whatever your view it's kind of irrelevant the context of these remarks is well known and like i say naturally this is to say the least very problematic and obviously it's a huge story and in recent weeks i've watched and wondered how the industry was going to handle it particularly as it was unfolding against the backdrop of the black lives matter movement where lest we forget pretty much the entire industry including some of the aforementioned brands have been posting squares and ostensibly shown support for this cause and silence as nicholas ramped up his uh, rhetoric was deafening but in the last couple of days his main sponsors gnu and 32 have dropped him although without explaining why publicly 
And you do have to wonder when the rest are going to follow suit, really. Now, our industry is pretty small, as I think is quite evident from this podcast. And as was kick, as this was kicking off, I did end up speaking to a lot of different friends at various media outlets, events and brands about it. And I was pretty flabbergasted that the snowboard media in particular, but also the wider action sports media weren't really going near this, mainly because, like I say, A, it's the biggest story in snowboarding and action sports, and B, there really would be no better lens through which to explore all the issues we currently face as a society in which our industry is grappling with like everybody else. Here immediately was a test of leadership. Do you believe this stuff or is it just lip service? Are you prepared to try and make the change? Or was it just something you're going to say because it feel, felt like you should say it? Now, the initial response I got to media kind of confirmed something that I've always just thought was an inherent weakness and a cop-out in the, in the wider discourse in snowboarding generally, which was that they just didn't think it was relevant. Their job is to build up snowboarding, not break it down, never mind the fact that now you've got a story of um, brands doing the right thing to build up the industry, but you know, whatever. Um, also there was this thing that it was just his opinion who were they to disagree you know again I'm going to be generous and say this is because most people didn't really get the why it was so problematic given the roots of a lot of these opinions but again all the more reason you would think to look into it I mean my own view is that there is a genuine concern about anti-industry sentiment a lot of these media outlets are relying on industry ad dollars and revenue they are concerned about protecting that. That is an age-old thing and it is one of the reasons why I have steered clear of sponsorship unless I was very much in control of it on this podcast. Um, and then I think there's the other concern, which is that this is just a really difficult story and it's just a very difficult thing to know how to handle. And I think a lot of people, to be honest, in the snowboard industry are probably scared of going near it because they don't know how to handle it properly. Anyway, the only person in the industry that did break ranks to say something was Austin Smith, who posted something on Instagram saying, basically, where is the media? Why aren't they covering this? So I put a poll on Instagram in response to Austin Smith and in response to these conversations that I've been ha having with friends and colleagues to say, what do you think? Do you think that the media should be handling this? And it's only fair to say that in response, I got a number of messages from listeners saying, well, you gave him a platform and you let him spout his conspiracy theory stuff unchallenged. And that is a totally fair point. Now, I don't want to make this about me because it's really not about me, but I have thought about this issue, which is how much should a presenter like force their opinions on listeners at length over the life of the podcast. And I've spoken about it a lot as well. And I've also spoken about it a lot when I've interviewed people from a diverse background because I've been criticised for not contextualising who they were properly. And basically, it's something that comes up a lot. And the question is, how far do I come in with my own voice to directly challenge the interviewee? Now, I have made the decision early on in the podcast not to do that, not to be this combative interviewer. I believe that if you get people to feel comfortable, they reveal themselves much more than if you if you try and attack them and I would say that the way I've got guests to to reveal who they are would be testament to that and I think in Nicholas's case that's kind of where I was coming from when he did start talking about his at the, what you know were quite wacky energy theories I decided a few things you know that was in the middle of a conversation I had no idea that was going to come up 
my initial thought, thoughts were threefold. Firstly, I'm going to try and get you back on Snowboarding as quickly as possible because I think that's what most people want to hear about. Okay, this is a really good example of who you are as a person that people should hear. And finally, I'm not going to challenge this because I don't know anything about it. And B, you know, we're just going to end up arguing about conspiracy theories for the next hour. And I just didn't think that was going to be a very interesting conversation. In that case, I still think it was the right approach, even if, as many people have since told me, they turned off the episode. And a couple of people have said they actually stopped listening to the podcast after my approach to that. Now, I do think that is fair enough. I'd way rather you made your own value judgment on his character in that sense and voted, you know, with your feet. Editorially, I think that's more honest than me at the start of the show going, anyway, Nicholas Muller's going to talk a right load of bollocks on this. So look out for this, everyone. I just don't think that is going to, I don't think that is the right approach for this podcast. And I don't, it's not who I am as a journalist, basically. That said, there have been times when this approach has definitely let people off the hook. You could argue that was one of them. I think the Terrier example is the obvious one when I didn't pull him up on his defense of his homophobic comments, which is something people also point out to me and which I completely accept the criticism of that. I think I should definitely have done that. That was an error of judgment of mine that I tried to learn from subsequently and will definitely try and learn from moving forward. But I think in the case of what's going on with Nicholas now, the difference is the nature of what has been said, which in this case clearly goes beyond the theories that he espoused during our conversation. Even if, like I said, I do acknowledge that me not challenging those theories made many people feel uncomfortable. And that's why I think this issue needs challenging and addressing out in the open. I mean, my own opinion is if you're going to broadcast these sentiments if you're going to imply that autism is caused by parental neglect, I'm talking about anybody who says these things, really. If you're going to say COVID is a hoax when many thousands of people have died from it, if you're going to deny the 400-year-old experiences of black people and claim it's all, a, you know, some kind of hoax to discredit Donald Trump in himself, a very, very divisive person who's done much to stoke the situation you need to understand that you may offend a large number of people and that there might be consequences. More than ever, words and ideas matter. If you're going to do that, and there are countless examples in the real world when people have done that and have faced consequences. I'm thinking of Milo, probably the most famous example over the last few years. These words have consequences. Now, our little backwater has never really experienced anything like this before. And I think that's why we're quite cringily going through these things that have been gone through many, many times in mainstream culture. But as a friend of mine said, freedom of speech does not mean freedom from consequences. I've seen a lot of stuff, not least from Nicholas himself, going on about cancel culture. It's cause and effect, mate. It's the same in the same way that people are free to say these views. Companies are free to decide that upon that basis they don't want to work with you anymore the last time i looked nicholas was still on instagram firing out the same stuff i don't think he's not been censored it's just how things change and the, the other reason this needs challenging is that people listen to this stuff and it's harmful you know i've had messages from listeners off the back of that poll telling me that nicholas was right you know Black Lives Matter is designed to start a race war and it's about stopping white supremacy as if that was a bad thing. 
and that I should be giving Nicholas a platform to share these heroic truth-seeking views. People listen to this stuff and I think that's why brands have handled this pretty badly to be honest because sure drop him but tell people why and if there is a safeguarding issue involved tell people why but make it clear why you don't stand for this toxic bullshit and why it's important and it just brings me back to the main thing I'm trying to say and you know a reminder of why I think this is important because this is the gap that allows this stuff to flourish and if we go back to Phil's words in this episode it has real consequences Phil Young is as British as I am He's just told me that he finally feels like he's got permission to talk about the societal oppression he's been affected by his whole life and that he's never really felt British. I mean, I've known Phil for 25 years. I count him as a really close friend. I had no idea about that. Now, if I can try and change that by challenging, you know, those well-meaning friends in the bar by talking about this stuff, by the guests that I choose, then I'm going to do that. That's why this is important. These words matter. Ideas matter. That's why I failed with the Terry episode. And it's also why I want to apologize about something I said at the end of the last episode when I kind of moaned about how hard it's been to book female guests. I mean, on reflection, that was pathetic, really, because it just means I need to try harder. The onus is on me to work harder to try and change that rather than moan because it's a little bit trickier than you know, booking the usual white male guests who can't wait to let everybody know what they think. And by the way, have you heard my theory about new energy things and it's not homophobic to crack jokes about gays? You know, that that is weak from me and I do apologise for that. So that's what I'm going to try and do. I'm going to try and change that going forward. I'm probably not going to change my editorial stance. I'm going to continue to give people a platform and let them represent themselves in their own words, unless something directly needs calling out on. But yeah, thanks for listening. That was the world's record housekeeping corner. Um, if you're still with me, thank you. I will be back next week. If you've got anything to say about this, then my uh, DMs are open, as they say. Nice one. Mm-hmm.